0: You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Friday, March 24th. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. The Sitka Sound sacro herring fishery went on two-hour notice Thursday morning, but state managers haven't opened the fishery yet. An aerial survey Thursday morning covered Sitka Sound from Povaratni Point to St. Lazaria Island and as far north as Crestoff Sound. According to a press release from the Alaska Department of Fish and Game, no herring schools or herring spawn were observed. By boat, several very large schools of herring were located from Inner Point to Kamanoi Point, east of the Siganaka Islands, north of Crow Island and Middle Island, and from Whale Island to Rocky Patch. Smaller schools of herring were located along the eastern shore of Middle Island. Two test sets of herring showed an average weight of around 150 grams, with 7 to 10 percent mature roe. That means some herring are nearing the size and maturity state managers are looking for before they open a fishery. The next aerial survey and fishery update are scheduled for Friday, March 24th. A few state departments have agreed to continue a program that will allow more law enforcement on state ferries this summer. The Alaska Marine Highway System and the State Department of Public Safety announced the renewal of a ride-along agreement for Alaska state troopers. The program allows troopers to ride for free on personal trips, if space allows, in exchange for law enforcement presence. Shannon McCarthy is a spokesperson for the Department of Transportation.
1: So the purpose really is to increase the presence of Alaska State troopers on the ferry just to provide the public with some additional safety and security.
0: McCarthy says eligible troopers can ride along on a space available basis for personal travel in exchange for assisting crew and passengers as needed. But the troopers don't need to be in uniform.
1: They do not necessarily have to be in uniform but of course they do have a duty to respond should something happen Um, and and that's it would be this arrangement where we could provide them um, complimentary travel so that they would choose to travel on the Marine Highway System.
0: McCarthy says renewing the program this year is not related to a change in criminal incidents aboard Alaska ferries. In fact, the Alaska Marine Highway System doesn't track public safety incidents that happen on board. Those are reported to local law enforcement depending on the type of incident and location. That could be the U.S. Coast Guard, state troopers or nearby law enforcement of the closest port. McCarthy cited recent federal drug trafficking arrests on a ferry in Ketchikan as a type of incident troopers could assist in.
1: It's more of the case that the marine highway system, you know, doesn't have a security force per se. They have the crew um, and it does give both passengers and crew that extra level of security when, when we do have, um, you know, law enforcement officers on board.
0: The ride along program does not cost the state as it's only as space is available. Troopers can call and reserve seating under the program. Families are not eligible. DOT last year renewed the drug enforcement canine unit in Bellingham and started participating in anti human trafficking measures, according to a statement. McCarthy says Alaska airports and ferry systems participate in the Blue Campaign, a public awareness campaign to identify human trafficking and exploitation. She says right now that includes posting signs with a hotline number for those who may be traveling under duress and are being exploited.
1: In terms of the Marine Highway, we have posted um, stickers in uh, all of the restrooms, it's a blue hand, and it gives information for someone you know, who to contact. Should they um, be a victim of human trafficking or feel like someone else may be in danger of human trafficking?
0: The Alaska Marine Highway System started the trooper ride-along program last year after it lapsed during the COVID pandemic. It originally started in 2008. Alaska House Speaker Kathy Tilton called for a vote Tuesday to reject salary increases for the legislature, governor, and state commissioners. This comes after a tumultuous month for the commission that makes the salary recommendations for elected officials. Alaska Public Media's Kavitha George reports.
2: It's been more than 10 years since the governor or the legislature have had a pay raise. The latest plan would bump the governor's pay up about 20% to $176,000 per year. Legislators would get a 67% raise to $84,000 per year. House Speaker Kathy Tilton, a Republican from Wasilla, said at a news conference that her majority caucus was concerned about the
1: process that produced the pay raises. People have different opinions on what this this should look like, but at this point, um, I think that that conversation needs to continue a little bit more.
2: Salary recommendations are typically made by a five-member state commission appointed by the governor. Earlier this month, all five members resigned or were fired after producing a recommendation report that included raises for the governor, lieutenant governor, and state commissioners, but not for the legislature. A new commission was appointed almost immediately, which amended the report to include a pay raise for legislators. Proponents of the legislative pay raise say it ensures diversity in the body. Larry Pursley was one of the members of the original commission who was fired last week. He says the commission shuffling is not how government is supposed to work.
3: This was not a transparent process. This was within the span of, what, 48 hours. You get rid of a board, just happen to have five bystanders who you're going to name, and magically they all agree to, to vote the same way on something that there's no backup, no discussion I'm, I'm okay with a legislative pay raise. I would have voted for one, but this is not the way to do it.
2: Senate President Gary Stevens, a Kodiak Republican, said Tuesday that the legislative pay raise was a long time coming. He did not indicate whether he would support Tilton's call to reject the new salary recommendations.
3: We're concerned. We're, we're, we're listening about that. We're listening to what they're saying. We haven't made any firm decision on what our plans are exactly.
2: In a press conference Tuesday, Governor Mike Dunleavy defended the decision to replace compensation commissioners.
3: I know that some want to believe there's some nefarious or or, or dark reason why the uh, members of the commission were removed. But again, as I explained earlier, um, all uh, statute, constitution, regs, you name it. Uh, We're followed, have been followed, will be followed.
2: The governor said the decision to accept or reject the new salary recommendations is in the hands of the legislature. Reporting in Anchorage, I'm Kavitha George.
0: Petersburg's chapter of the American Legion, America's oldest veterans organization, was chartered over a century ago. But membership has fallen off. Now, a few core Legion members are trying to boost registration to keep the charter alive and build community among Petersburg's veterans. KFSK's Shelby Herbert has more from Legion Post-14's recent revival meeting.
3: To uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States of America, to maintain law and order, to preserve the memories and incidents... Garrett
4: Kravitz calls the meeting to order with a recitation of the American Legion Constitution preamble. He's the assistant adjutant of Petersburg's Post-14, The Legion's pledge echoes the oath of enlistment, which is taken by all members of the United States Armed Forces. It's something that's familiar to Kravitz. He served in the U.S. Coast Guard for 22 years, and he's still active duty. Kravitz says Legion membership in Petersburg is flagging, but that wasn't always the case. Petersburg's post has been around since 1920, just a year after the national chapter was formed.
3: Wow, so over the past 100 years, we've had a charter here in Petersburg, and I really think now is the time to breathe some life into it and get some membership up. I know there's a lot of veterans here. Kravitz's
4: vision is to build membership to the point that the chapter can help out in the community. But to start, he says the most important thing is to build a space where Petersburg veterans can connect with each other. Tony Vinson is a Navy veteran. He relocated his family to Petersburg in search of that connection. I did my
3: homework. I was looking for a small town. I was over the big stuff. I'm a native of California, but I feel like... I don't really belong there anymore. And I was trying to find a small town maybe that I'd have something in common with. Petersburg popped up on my search when I was looking through Alaska. As I continued to dig deeper, I found out that there was, out of the 3,200-ish population, that's around 400 are veterans, and that's a significant portion of the population. So instantly then I thought, well, there I go. Let me go see these guys. So
4: The latest population estimate from the U.S. Census Bureau counted 298 veterans in the Petersburg borough. Petersburg's post has just over eight members, the minimum number to maintain its charter. Kravitz says he got started in the American Legion while he was stationed in Ketchikan. When he moved to Petersburg, he was introduced to Post 14 by Stanley Hjort.
3: He's the glue of the American Legion Post 14 here in Petersburg. He's the one that made tonight possible.
4: Hjort says he joined the Legion at the behest of his old friends, veterans of the Second World War. He's been active in the organization for over 50 years, putting up flags on Memorial Day and escorting other veterans on honor flights, which take elderly servicemen to Washington, D.C. to see the monuments that were built in their honor. Hjort says he's witnessed Legion membership ebb since the 70s, and now the stakeholders who stuck with the Legion are aging.
3: There's just fewer and fewer and they uh, all the old guys that we did things with they're gone um, some of them are getting pretty old <laughs> one of these days i'll be gone i'm getting pretty old
4: the late paul anderson a veteran of the vietnam war was a core member of post 14. he died on january 16th of this year at the age of 77. anderson's friends like Hjort, remember him for his acts of service to petersburg veterans
3: It hasn't come around yet because it's not Memorial Day. Paul did a lot of things for the town and come Memorial Day, people are going to be wondering, well, what happened? You know, my flag isn't up because we would put the plaques up and the flags. And Paul is one of the ones, mostly him, took care of the flags at the cemetery, but uh, he made sure the flags were up and they weren't ragged or anything, you know. They haven't missed him yet, but they will.
4: Kravitz welcomes all local veterans to register, those who received an honorable discharge and those who served even one day on active duty. In Petersburg, I'm Shelby Herbert.
0: I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.